Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This summer, Sprite is bringing you the Live from the Label Tour, featuring live stream concerts from your favorite hip hop artists, including Lotto, Sawee, and Jack Harlow. Need a ticket? Just buy a Sprite bottle and scan the label. Scan three bottles and see three of this summer's hottest shows. We causing a commotion. Brought to you by Sprite. Get your ticket to Sprite's Live from the Label Tour when you purchase a 20-ounce Sprite or Sprite Zero Sugar at your nearest retailer. Copyright 2021, the Coca-Cola Company. All rights reserved. If a majestic redwood grows in a California forest and there's nobody around, does it make a sound? What does cleaner air sound like? Or the sound of Californians coming together? Protecting our environment begins with a text. Join the movement of Californians saving energy at home. And together, we can take on climate change. Text JOIN to 72222 to join the Keep It Golden movement. What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. Thank you for tuning in to the Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However, you're listening on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcast. We greatly appreciate you tuning in. I'm here with my co-host, Johnny Page. We just wanted to, as a network, the Brawl Network, we've all come out and took a stand against racism and for equality. And on Eagles Brawl, Johnny, Tyler, and myself share the same views. We, we stand firm with the Black Lives Matter movement. and we want to see justice for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and all those other injust- social injustices that are going on right now. So the Eagles Brawl and the Brawl Network is behind the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, Johnny and I, we, we continue, we're going to continue the state of the roster series. Today we're going to do defensive end and cornerback preview. Johnny did some great film reviews for Bleeding Green Nation on Josh Sweat, uh, Sidney Jones, and Avante Maddox. So we will just – they will – hinder most of the discussion but we will discuss uh, the state of the position and how we feel about them going forward we're gonna go defensive end first i'm gonna say my thoughts real quick and then we'll get into johnny on what he thought about josh Schwed and what he thinks about the rest of the guys on the on the depth chart i think everybody's looking for the eagles to add that veteran pass rusher because they're always used to having the the vinnie curry and joshua were the rotational guys last year behind barton and graham the year before it was bennett and long who played vital roles on that defensive line the year before, it was Long and Curry, who, again, played vital roles on that defensive line. So you see how much the rotation matters at defensive end, and I think that's why the Eagles fans feel a little uncomfortable right now. But uh, I picked up on a little pattern that I noticed the Eagles do at defensive end. They usually take these mid-round defensive ends. Like I can go back to 2016 when they took Alex McAllister, who was very, very lean, 
very skinny, but he had the speed. He had the speed to to. It, it, it was noticeable. He had the speed to rush the passer. I think that's what they liked with their when they had the wide nine alignment uh, to have some speed from those guys. And they believe that they get those guys, those lean guys in the building with speed, that they can add the necessary muscle to their frames to become productive pass rushers. And it hasn't quite worked out for them yet besides Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat came out of FSU, was lean as hell, needed to add a ton of muscle to his frame to last in the NFL. And I would argue you put up a, a picture of his rookie year compared to where he's at now. He had a ton of muscle to his frame. I wouldn't say any – all the weight that was added was complete muscle. Uh, and it really showed last year. He was a productive rotational pass rusher for them. And that's what they're hoping for going forward. They decided to not continue to pay uh, Chris Long. They decided to let Vinny Curry sit on the market as long as they have right now to see what they have at defensive end. And it looks like all their resources that they would spend out there, like they did with Bennett and Long, like the other guys I mentioned, they're spending that on the interior now because the interior has suffered a ton of injuries. They've been going through guys at defensive tackle uh, from the Albert Huggins, the Anthony Rushes, the Bruce Hectors, the Hassan Ridges of the world. All these interior guys that they didn't expect to play, they're forcing them to play because of all the injuries, though. So they look like they're putting all the resources in there. Malik Jackson is still on the team. They just went out and they signed Javon Hargrave. Uh, Fletcher Cox is obviously one of the highest paid players on the team. So you saw where all the Reese's are going there. They're they're expecting all these guys at defensive end to step up. I would argue they did the same thing with, with Sharif Miller that they did with Josh Sweat his first year. They said, sit it out, uh, add some muscle to your frame. You had some speed at Penn State that you showed. Let's see what you go into your next year, and we'll see where you're at. And they also traded for Jannard Avery, fourth-round pick to the, the Cleveland Browns. Didn't play him much at all. So now they – did the same thing. They said, he'd sit it out, add some muscle to your frame. You have some speed. You can fit on alignment. And then we'll reevaluate you next year. So maybe they want to go into this camp, see what they have in Avery, see what they have in Miller, maybe Deshaun Hall. I know they drafted Casey Tuhill in the seventh round from Stanford, but I think he's going to be a practice squad player if he makes the team. Uh, I, again, that's another guy you want to sit out, add some muscle to your frame. You have some speed. We'll see, reevaluate you when you come back. Uh, Joe Osman finds a way on the roster since 2018 every year now so they clearly like what they have in him and injuries have derailed anything that he could show us besides preseason action so maybe they think they could want to see what they have in him but it looks like they're going to go into training camp reevaluate when they have a defensive end uh that looks like it's a plan right now i know they're tight on cap space so it's not going to be a clowny it's not going to be an everson griffith if anything it's going to be vinnie curry back here on a cheap deal like the year prior uh, he was arguably their most pro- – I yeah, I would say he was their most productive pass. I don't want to say defensive end. But I want to say pass rusher last year. Uh, so maybe they look to bring him back. But I would expect more from Josh Schwab moving forward. I think they really think that he could be that Chris Long, that Michael Bennett guy that they need him to be. Right, you pretty much nailed the whole defensive end position there. Even bringing up Alex McAllister. You said that name, and I was like, how the hell did you remember Alex McAllister? I was so high on him, man. It was so wrong. I was, oh, really? I, his t- the, athletic, the athleticism I love for defensive ends, ever since Alden Smith hit the league, and a guy like that was winning with his size and power and frame, I, I would look at guys like Alex McAllister, and I would think, wow, if the Eagles could just really get to the – really just – Get get the muscle that he needs, and he can stay healthy. This could be a contributing defensive end. Obviously, it didn't work out. Injuries derailed his entire career. But Josh, I would argue they do it every year. I again, Josh Sweat was another guy when they drafted the fourth round. I was like, let's go. 
Shreve Miller, not so much. I was not that big of Shreve Miller. I liked what Jernard Avery showed you at Cleveland Browns' rookie year. I think they have something in him there. He kind of – I don't want to say he's the next Trent Cole because I don't think there will ever be a, a defensive end on this team like the impact that Trent Cole had. But uh, I would argue he looks like a poor man's Trent Cole, frame-wise. I don't want to say yeah. talent-wise, but frame-wise he looks like a, a Trent Cole uh, in disguise. So hopefully they can add some muscle to him, develop him. I would I would argue that they're going the right way approaching the defensive end position, seeing what they have in camps now that they're opening back up, reevaluate the position, and maybe they can trust these guys and look elsewhere at that tight money you have if Andre Diller doesn't look uh, the part and bring Jason Peters back. Yes, you're very good. You're much better than me. We were talking off air. You're very good at these fringe players. I am terrible. I always get people asking me on Twitter, sorry, what do you think of Joe Osmond? And for me personally, I have no idea. I've never seen the guy play a snap. I don't know much about Deshaun Hall. I don't know much about uh, half of their backup defensive ends. So you've done a really good job there sort of summarizing it. It's not something I'd thought about, actually. And now you've mentioned it, you are absolutely bang on that they clearly focus on these undersized guys. Uh, I think Derek Barnett, we'll get into him because I wrote about him recently as well. We'll talk about him in a bit. Uh, He probably is Better, you could say as a pass rusher, standing up from that wide position. I think he could even be better as a free-fall defensive end. Uh, Casey Tuhill, when you look up his pre-draft report, the people that watched him, uh, a lot of those reports said he should be a free-fall outside linebacker. I think, and I'm going to show off my knowledge here, didn't Alex McAllister go and sign for someone else after us? I think he even played or was going to play linebacker for a bit. So I think that sums up. might have been Saints. I might have been since. Yeah, I've got no idea. So we're doing the great podcast thing where we don't look it up, but I'm not bothering to Google. Alex McAllister on this podcast. Uh, we, haven't, we haven't got enough time. But um, they they definitely have a type of players that they want length and it seems like they want speed. And it makes sense from a basic point of view because you can't really teach speed and quickness, whereas you can get bigger. You can develop power. So it makes sense. But well, the worry is that if they don't develop that power, you end up with players that basically can't do a lot because in the NFL very re- rarely do you win off speed alone you need to have counter moves you need to have sort of something else in your locker um so what do you want to get into I've got I've looked at Barnett and Sweat I think I'll start with you on this actually I'll ask you a question because I wrote up Derek Barnett and I'll talk about a little bit more about what I said about him I know I've already spoken on this podcast about him so I won't go into too much detail but I basically said he's an average player um he's fine I think you made a good point but not everyone can be great on your team and a lot of people commented saying do Josh Sweat do Josh Sweat shouldn't he start and then I wrote up Josh Sweat and um, if people didn't read that account really quickly so I'll go through in very very simple terms when I looked at Sweat what I thought about him so I said he was a very 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 good athlete I think that's clear Um, he has ridiculously long arms I mean ridiculously long arms and sometimes players um, you read their measurables and you think oh he's got long arms but you don't see it on tape you see it on tape he can get blockers away from him Uh, he can stop himself from getting engaged um, which Barnett can't do, I would say, because Sweat is um, just simply has longer arms. It's almost a bit unfair, but it's part of what he has. He's uh, speed off the line is fine. He's not an elite um, sort of burst guy, and neither is Barnett. Um, but because he's basically such a good athlete with such long arms, he can get uh, find a way to get more pressure. I would say he's better at getting off blocks than Barnett. I think when you get your hands on Barnett, and I wrote about this a lot. Uh, Barnett basically can't find a way to counter. Barnett does definitely have a better spin move. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think the problem with Sweat is, and this is where I want your opinion, is the why he doesn't start. I think people now expect the sort of sky's the limit from Josh Sweat. Why is he not starting over Derek Barnett if Derek Barnett's just average? Well, the biggest problem with Sweat is, number one, he's inconsistent, very inconsistent, uh, as you expect from young players. He really needs to develop pass rush moves. He's got this little thing he does when he goes on the outside that I posted about four clips of where he jumps in the air. and It never works. I don't know if that's, he's being taught that or 
or if that's just how raw he is, that he's just forgetting what he's been taught and doing his own thing. But it doesn't work, really. The biggest issue I had with Sweat was there's a lack of power at times. And this this follows on from your previous point about the fact they draft these players with longer arms. And then what that means is they can get moved in the run game. And uh, Sweat had trouble when I watched him uh, on fakes and misdirections. He had trouble with power running games. He could get moved almost certainly. I posted a clip where it was twice in a row. Um this is in the Billing Green Nation film review I did, where he can't get past a tight end on a goal line play. Uh, the Detroit Lions ran two plays in a row, both on the goal line, basically just inside run plays, and they have a tight end straight on Josh Sweat. And Sweat doesn't get pushed back. Sweat does not move him at all. He doesn't have the power to move. I think it was Jesse James. He doesn't have the power to move a 250-pound tight end, um, which is something he needs to be able to do if you're going to start. So that's why I think, although I like Sweat a lot, and I think he's got way more skills than Barnett as a pass rusher in terms of just pure natural ability, that's why I think he's not starting next year. So if I had to put money on it, and I'd say who is going to get more sacks next year, who do you think is going to have more impact as a pass rusher? Would you say Sweat, or do you still think Barnett will take more of the snaps? Oh, Barnett. By far, Barnett. By far, you need to be a complete defensive end to start in this defense, and Joshua will never be that. That's a, uh, you you hit it. You hit it on the head. The the huge thing that I saw at Florida State, and this is the reason why he went in the fourth round. He's easily knocked out of his technique, and like you just alluded to, jumping in the air is completely breaking out of your technique. That's just going into whatever you could possibly do to get off the block and shed the block at that point, and that's where you're at with Joshua right now. You're hoping. He had more playing time. Uh, he's obviously a more productive pass rusher than Derek Barnett is. So you're hoping that with more snaps next year, with the experience that he gained last year, he won't be knocked so easily out of his technique. Uh, again, he's not a starting defensive end. No way he starts over Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett is completely superior in the run game. I never see Josh Webb being that effective in the run game. This is the guy that you want to have on third down when you're getting ready to rush the passer uh, on these third and longs, like they, the Eagles have done numerous times when you're kicking Brandon Graham inside. I'm just interested to see, I don't want to get much into the defensive tackle position since we're sticking with defensive. I'm just interested to see if they kick Malik Jackson outside when they move Brandon Graham inside, because Josh Sweat's obviously going to be on the opposite side during those downs. Uh, I don't think you want to keep Derek Barnett as you and I have alluded multiple times on the field on third down. So I'm interested to see if Josh Sweat really separates himself as like a Vinnie Curry type pass rusher for this team where they have to keep uh, putting him on the field more and more because of his productivity uh, this year. And I'm hoping, I'm thinking that's what the Eagles are hoping for while they're hoping for Sharif Miller or Jannard Avery to take the Josh Sweat uh, 2019 lead. They are relying on one of those players quite largely more than they have in recent years. I'm still on team bring Vinny Curry back. I've been that way for a number of years, to be honest, though. I've always liked Vinny. Um, I don't know why I've had a soft spot for him. Um, but they are one short. And once again, people have asked me a lot about Avery. And I just find it really hard to judge on such limited snaps what Avery can do. But based on the way they're going into the season at the moment... I think either one or two things are going to happen. I think either Avery is going to be expected to produce a lot because you mentioned it before, actually, I'm not on this podcast, but the Eagles rotate their ends a lot. I mean, that's been a big key philosophical approach of Swartz since he got here. Um, he wants to rotate those guys a lot. You barely ever see them play above 70% in a game. So Sweat is going to get a serious amount of playing time and someone else is going to get a serious amount of playing time, whether that's Avery, 
um, there'll be someone else, which is what you mentioned. You might see a situation, I completely agree with you, where you get Malik Jackson take snaps at defensive end. Uh, you could even get what I've mentioned in the past, as you have. But Derek Barnett, I think, is probably better standing up at times as a sort of outside rusher. I wonder if you sort of see in a certain package where they have sort of three, not defensive tackles, but you have three bigger linemen, like you could put Graham, Cox, and then Jackson or Hargreave, and then let Barnett sort of line up a little bit wider and stand up a little bit. Um, this is obviously on third and long only, I'm talking. But there's definitely a room for one pass rusher. And Graham's been very um, durable in recent years. He's played a lot, but um, Barnett's been hurt a lot. Um, Graham is getting on a bit. To rely on those two and have so little behind them, I do think it's going to be an interesting approach. And it could be that Schwartz is going to plan on bringing more five-man pressures this year. Maybe he thinks he can play a lot more cover one. He can play a lot with Slay travelling against the opposite corner. That's going to allow him to get a fifth pass rusher on the field more because the way I see it at the moment, they're not going to consistently get a good enough rush with just front four. So like you, I wonder if they're one player short. But if not, I think it's safe to say that Sweat and Avery and maybe one more are going to have to play a significant role next year. They they could, like I said, I think it's just they're devoting uh... – This is when the dogs start barking. I just think they're devoting all these resources into the interior because you saw how much interior injuries they've gone through over the years. And they're trying to commit to these guys like Javon Hargrave, Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox, who have played multiple techniques throughout their NFL career. So maybe they're thinking they can move them all around while surviving with the, what they have at the defensive end position with the youth and athletic athleticism that they have now. Uh that's what I, that that's just my opinion on it. You're tired of giving Albert Huggins, Anthony Rush, Bruce Hector, all these guys playing time. So you're going with all these guys who can play different techniques, and you're going with youth on the, on the edge. But again, like I said, Clowney hasn't signed yet. Everson Griffith hasn't signed yet. Curry hasn't signed yet. The Eagles are in a position where they can go into camp, see where they're at a defensive end, and reevaluate. And if they have to bring Curry back, I think they're in the perfect position where they're able to. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm pretty happy with that. I think we hit that position pretty well. Any other questions on Sweat or Barnett, or should we go on to the cornerbacks? No, I, I just think would I the team that I think the Eagles emulate the most on the defensive line in their rotation, and I would argue, is the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings have had like Brian Robinson, Stephen Weatherly, Daniel Hunter come out of nowhere. Uh, they've always had Everson Griffin was a fourth round pick. They've they've always loaded up on defensive end, and now even them, they're because they had to pay Hunter and they had to upgrade the defensive tackle position with. Michael Pierce are even putting more resources into their interior and depending on unknown late drafted guys to be their defensive ends. So I'd argue that's how like the Eagles are doing it too, because they play so much of their, like you said, we always talk about, they rotate defensive ends so much. So maybe this is just how the league is adapting. Your, your interior guys are becoming way more important. So you're, you're hoping you get these athletic guys in the mid rounds of the draft that you can develop since they're not paying a ton of snaps you would want to keep them on a minimal salary, correct? Because you're paying these fourth – Josh Wett's on a fourth-round rookie contract. Shreve Miller's on a fourth-round rookie contract. Jernay Ravy's on a fourth-round rookie contract. Casey, Joe Osman's undrafted. Casey Tuchel, seven-round pick. You get my point. All these guys that they're not going to be playing starter snaps, you're going to want to have minimal salaries, especially when you're committing so much into the interior that the Eagles are. So maybe that's just maybe that's just where the turn of the tide is in the NFL, and that's maybe they're, that's the bucking the trend that the Eagles are doing. But again – Curry was cheap last year. Maybe they go ahead and bring him back. That if, I would just think that they're in. They have all the leverage at this point. I would I would evaluate what you have there first, and then decide. 
uh, going forward. Because you did give up that fourth-round pick for Avery. I think you want to see him the way you saw Sweat in, 18, in uh, 19. So uh, we'll see how to go. But let's get into corner. It's time to get into corner. Uh, your film reviews on Sidney Jones and Monty Maddox, I thought were brilliant. I thought they were really good uh, breakdowns there. I also, I don't know if you noticed, Jimmy Kemsky of Philly Voice put out uh, a film review on Maddox. And he hit on the head. The biggest thing is the his size really, in situations, screws him. Uh, part of my language, but it does. Uh, I, but what he really brought up was that playoff game versus Allen Robinson, which I think Robinson is the most underrated wide receiver in the league. Uh, borderline top eight, uh, really took Maddox to school. And again, that was Maddox's rookie year. So other times when I saw him with Hopkins, I thought he played Hopkins pretty well in 2018 for a rookie on the outside. Uh, statistics prove it too. But I mean, again, again last year I, we we saw a little sophomore slump. I know the injuries happened too with Maddox and Green Bay. So that didn't help either. But uh, right now, he's your best option at cornerback, too, I think. I think if Sydney can give you anything, you hope Sydney can show you something in camp because he coming out of Washington, he was arguably one of the best corners in the draft, and then obviously the Achilles injury happened. Uh, he's been incredibly inconsistent his whole entire Eagles career so far. But you're hoping this might be the year Sydney Jones breaks out and solidifies Eagles cornerback, too, because at the end of the day, I think Darius Slay is only going to be here for two seasons in Philadelphia. I don't think it's going to he's going to see the third year of that contract. Uh, so you're hoping one of these guys really steps up, proves that he can solidify the cornerback two spot, and then maybe going into the future, because, uh, again, you have two drafts from now where you're getting rid of Darius Slay, so they could get a cornerback one still. But you're just all you need is one of these guys locked down cornerback two. And now we already know Sidney and Avante cannot handle number one wide receivers. They're not going to have to anymore, thanks to the Darius Slay acquisition. So uh, I – it can only get better from here. It can only get better from here. The impact that Darius Slay brings, we talked about it on the show, Ryan, too, is immense. Well, just because the, these guys don't have to play top-tier wide receivers anymore, they've proven to you that they're not capable of containing those guys throughout a whole entire game consistently consistently throughout the season. So now you have that cornerback one. Uh, we talked about it multiple times also that these guys aren't going to be facing the best wide receivers anymore. So – I think Maddox is going to start. I think once you have an in with Jim Schwartz, you're good. I think Jalen Mills will also rotate a cornerback outside of open up to the idea more of it. I just think it's going to be matchups. That's what I love about this team. Like we said earlier with uh, Hargrave, Cox, and Jackson playing multiple techniques, they have guys in, in the secondary that have played multiple positions. And they also have a DB coach in Marquis Manuel that has proven to be using guys at multiple positions. I think Maddox is actually the future free safety of this team, to be honest with you, Johnny. I think he will be replaced, replaced McLeod after that two-year contract is up. Even maybe after next year, McLeod even continues to go down on downward spiral. I think you're looking at the Eagles' future free safety. Because he reminds me so much of, I don't know if you're familiar with DeMonte Casey. Of, uh, he's on the Falcons right now. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. a former, former nickel corner at San Diego State University. Very good with uh, tracking the ball, getting interceptions. I think Avante Maddox, he switched to safety under Mark E. Manuel too as well with the Falcons and has been a projected safety for them. I, I think Maddox could be that type of player for the Eagles. I don't think he's going to be the future cornerback too. I don't think they have right now on the team a legitimate long-term starting outside corner. I think they're hoping Sydney gives them that. But uh, we had Ed Cross on the show before, and he said 
He thinks Sidney Jones has fallen out of favor with Jim Schwartz. And we all know what happens when you fall out of favor with Jim Schwartz. So I don't think they have their long-term cornerback too on the team, but I think this year it's going to be Maddox. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if some people probably listen to this uh, sort of maybe before they read my piece of BG. I know I've sent you sort of a lot of clips. We discussed them already, but I don't know about times coming out. Um, Slay, we don't need to discuss a lot. You already mentioned it there. Whether he'll be very good for another two, three years, who knows? He is very good now. I assume he'll be very good next year. Like you said, he will match up with number one receivers. He will travel, which means that realistically, they're looking for a number two corner. And like you said, I went in. So I recently, within the last week, watched every single snap, basically from Avante Maddox last year and covers nearly every snap and watched pretty much every single snap of Sidney Jones, who only played about 205. I looked up snaps last year in actual pass coverage. He didn't play as much as people realised. Um, people use stats a lot to prove that Sidney Jones was better because Sidney Jones' numbers are actually really good. If you look at his PFF sort of numbers thrown at him, uh, completion percentage and stuff, they're really good. I went into it actually, I think like what you said, I went into it pretty consistent that I think Maddox is a better player because I really, really like Maddox. I actually came away thinking, yes, Maddox is better, but sort of like you, I wonder if there could be a bit of a matchup shift. I think Sidney Jones actually can do a little bit more than I thought. So if I give you the really quick rundown, if you want to know in this as detail as well, check out um, the article I'm going to write for BGN uh, shortly. The, I guess the thing I have with Maddox is I'll just read actually what I put as his strengths on Maddox. So I said he's got very good processing speed and zone coverage. You understand depth and situation well. And what I mean by that is if you're in, say, third and 10, he is more likely to give up the short completion and make the tackle rather than get beat over his head. Uh, he can run with guys downfield and play the ball in the air, which is something I don't think Sidney can do in terms of the running downfield with guys. Maddox is very fluid, very good in and out of his breaks. He has the ability to cover inside and out. I think he's better in the slot. And I must admit, I've I think his tape is really good in the slot. And I think maybe they just signed Nickel Robbie Coleman because simply Nickel Robbie Coleman is just very good. So he just decided, you know what? Yes, Maddox is good in the slot, but we can't turn down how cheap this guy is, uh, Robbie Coleman. But I think Maddox is a very, very good starting slot cornerback. He's very athletic, very good agility, great knack for knocking up balls over him. So he timed his swap very well. Um, he's also very competitive in the run game. He is small. You can't get away from that. He will end up on the, fl- he will end up on the floor a lot. He will get pushed over by bigger receivers. The two big problems I have, you mentioned, Alan Robinson being a lot in his first year. Last year, Devontae Adams ruined him, and Devontae Adams made him look stupid at times, to be honest. Uh, he got no interceptions last year, Maddox, which someone should have. He has sub-30-inch arms, which limits his pressability massively. So I actually don't mind his size that much, because I went into the season going, you can't put five foot nine cornerback outside. But I'm telling you, go and watch every single completion Maddox gave up last year. He barely gets beat in the air. I couldn't find one example, basically, of a contested catch where a receiver just, plucks, just picks up the ball over him. I think his arms are much more of an issue. The fact he can't press at the line of scrimmage means sometimes, and Julian Edelman beat him quite consistently last year. I watched the New England game, and Edelman beat him off the line of scrimmage, where Maddox just couldn't really stop him from having a free release. So that's something to watch with Maddox. Uh, he was also quite slow in playing off coverage at times. Um, he gave up really easy completions to Devontae Adams where Rodgers would just sort of throw it at him and Adams would just pick up 10, 12 yards because Maddox was too slow to come downhill. So like you, I like Maddox. Um, I still see him as a slot corner, which is odd because he's not playing slot corner next year. Um, I, like you said, which is why a, a move to free safety might make a difference. I do really like him. I do think he could 
could be good enough for a cornerback two um, where he doesn't have to press as much, where he's going against a Z receiver more times than not. I do worry a little bit because the, the Devontae Adams games scared me um, because he was just beat really, really badly that game. So I don't know what you think. Are you obviously... Kmart announces the Freedom Store is closing forever. Millions of dollars in inventory must be sold. Store-wide discounts up to 75% off. Every department is on sale. All fine jewelry, fashion apparel, footwear, toys, health and beauty aids, and cosmetics are now on sale in-store. Everything must go. Nothing held back. Selling to the bare walls. Even store fixtures are all for sale. Shop now for best selection only at the Kmart store in Freedom at 1702 Freedom Boulevard. It is business as usual at all other Kmart stores. Maddox is a free safety, I guess, but I think it's quite, I mean, Roby Coleman's going to start in a slot. I take it we both agree on that. So Maddox is going to this year at least play outside as a number two. Um, do you think he'll handle this year? Despite what you said about him being a safety, do you think he's good enough to get it done this year? I mean, after that, I'll talk about my piece on Sidney Jones as well. To be fair, I would argue that most nickel corners frames suggest free safety anyways. So I, I, his frame does suggest that he could play nickel corner, and I agree he, that's where you would say, if you don't think he could play safety, that's where you're saying he could play. The thing is with me, I don't – I. I think he's average in the slot. I don't. I. I think his frame suggests he could play the slot. But I think he's average in the slot. What you just said, Julian Edelman with a talent on him. I don't think you can handle Michael Thomas in the slot. I don't think you can handle Kevin Ridley in the slot. I don't think you can handle Michael Gallup in the slot. I don't think you can handle guys like Terry McLaurin in the slot. Jamison Crowder in the slot. So uh, that's why I would want him to play safety a little bit more. And if again, if you're playing corner, you're going to want him on off coverage too. You're not going to want to press like you just said. The Devontae Adams game when the Packers was rough. Rough, but I mean, I wouldn't expect him to be able to, to handle the route technicians of Devontae Adams, Mari Cooper, Chris Godwin, like either. Uh, I think, again, you're looking at where we talked about Barnett when he's an average starter and you have to have some of those guys on your team. At this point, I think you have an average starter in Devontae Maddox that you can live with at cornerback, too. If you can live with Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby playing the way that they have the last couple of years, you can live with about them addicts and his production at quarterback too. That's why I don't think the Eagles are panicking about that spot. And again, you cannot undervalue or undersell the, the impact that Patrick Robinson brought that 2017 Eagles defense. Nicole Roby Coleman, I guarantee will bring the same impact. And they, and for that price, you cannot pass up that opportunity to have that same impact. And not only that, this is a guy who is a shorts guy because he played with him in Buffalo in 2014. So the Eagles already know what they're getting him. He already knows the system and what to do in the system. So you're getting the Patrick Robinson advantage, but you're getting it instead of him catching on to Jim Schwartz's system. He already knows it right off the bat. Week one, he's already be playing uh, the nickel position at a whole entire pace, the pace you need him to, instead of him coming in and learning a new system. He just needs to build chemistry at this point now. So, they're in the perfect position where they have number one corner lockdown. They have the nickel position lockdown, which we all know at this time in the NFL, mismatches. It's a mismatch league. You want to have all these guys rotating at the wide receiver position. Uh, to have the nickel spot and the number one spot locked down, you could do anything in cornerback too at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with it. Uh, I know a lot of people want to talk about Trevor Williams now. I've seen him trending on Twitter lately. Uh, Shelf, his former self, was a great – Former player, I don't want to say great. He was a above average starter for the Chargers in 2017. Knee injury in 2018 has completely derailed his NFL career ever since. Quad injury in 2019. 
bounced around after the Chargers got him with the Cardinals. Uh, didn't last, didn't play with them. Now he's on the Eagles. Uh, I don't think I don't think something's going to happen with him. I think people are looking at his stats, what he produced in the past, and think, well, maybe they had something here because of how he played with San Diego, uh, San Diego at the time. It's not going to happen. He's a shell of his former self. Razul Douglas took a pay cut. To me, I think he's on the air grow bubble where if anybody needs a corner, uh, injuries happen or anything, and they want to give the Eagles a late to mid-round pick, conditional pick or anything like that, like the Eagles got with Rowe, uh, they can easily acquire Douglas at this point. He might not even make the team. They might like these undrafted guys that I'm not too familiar with, but you already know that there's going to be some undrafted corner in preseason that breaks up a pass and that we all love uh, for that pass breakup, like Traymond Smith, Prince Smith, and Michael Jackwood. So anything can happen there too. But I think Avante Maddox is your quarterback too going into the season. I just don't think Sydney has enough leisure with this team. And I don't think there's anything that he can do from training camp to the preseason to really wow them uh, to trust him to be the quarterback too over Avante Maddox at this point. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I'll go through what I thought about Sydney because I've been quite critical of Sydney actually. And I, I sort of liked him more than I thought. Um, one guy I don't like, and I've been consistent with this, uh, it should go back as well. Like I try and be honest with what people, I didn't like the Sidney Jones pick because I think you said the same thing about Trevor Williams. Football fans in general forget too often that, play, that players are human and injuries just can make a huge impact. I mean, Trevor Williams hasn't been good for three years. If you assume he's going to come back and play really well after two years of being injured, it's difficult. Sidney Jones, why did I not like the pick at the time? Everyone said, told me on Twitter, you're getting a first round pick in the second round, but you're not because he was he had an Achilles injury, which could easily slow him down. And I think his technique is not as good as it was in college. Um, Razzle Douglas, I did not like, again, third round pick. To me, he couldn't run and he never could run. Um, Jalen Mills can't run particularly well either, which is why he's moving. I sort of don't have any hope for Douglas. I think he's a cover two corner who you basically want to sit on route because he's got good size and good ball skills. But I don't think he's going to fit what the Eagles do this year. So I think it's safe to say he's gone. So Sidney Jones is like an interesting player because he obviously has a lot of talent. So this is what I said about him really simply. And I'll see if you disagree with any of this or what you think about it. So um, I put strengths, uh, good instincts of finding the football. I think he's still got very good ball skills. Uh, he's physical when the ball's in the air, sometimes too physical. So I put as a negative, uh, he can be a bit grabby. But for the most part, I like cornerbacks that compete when the ball's in the air. And obviously the most famous example of this was the breakup on Gallup against Cowboys uh, week 16 or whatever that was last year or 17. And he shows the ability to undercut routes really well. So he's good breaking up slant routes, for example. He's good on ins and outs. I like him there. I think he's better closer to the line of scrimmage when he's able to get his hands on receivers and knock the ball away. He's also very competitive in the run game. Both Sydney and Maddox are both really competitive. Um, I was impressed by their tape. Actually, Slay is not competitive in the run game, but I think in a more competitive team like the Eagles in a more competitive environment than the Lions have been in recent years, I think Slay will have to step up that side of his game. But the problem I have with City Jones, and sometimes with players, you have like one big issue that stands out to me. City Jones just get get got beat deep all the time last year when he was in off coverage. He has this thing that he does where he gets caught completely flat-footed. He just sort of stands there in off coverage as if he's expecting an in or an out route. And then when the wide receiver just runs past him, he gets beat significantly there was a play last year where um i think it was darius slayton or shepherd one of the giants beat him but easily on an up, out and up and daniel jones just seriously under through the ball there was a game against the lions when Goddard just basically ran straight past him and again it was a horrendous overthrow and underthrow. and in both games Sidney jones actually got back and made the pass break up 
but I don't count that as a good play. Someone could tell me, yes, the recovery speed's good, but it wasn't really. If the ball is thrown anywhere where it should be, both of those plays would have been huge touchdowns. And if you look at his numbers last year that were quite good, I can guarantee you, if Goloday, that was a 50, 40-yard touchdown, the Giants would have been a 50-yard touchdown, his numbers go from good to bad if those two routes are completed. His touchdowns allowed go up two, his yards allowed go up 100, his average yards allowed go up hugely. So unfortunately, I can't ignore... And it wasn't just those two plays. There were other plays. He has a technique issue. I don't exactly know what it is. I'm not a cornerback coach. To me, he looks like um, he just isn't. I don't know if it's either a film study thing where he's not uh, reacting quick enough to a deep root or whether he's got some severe weakness in his technique where he just makes him look slow. But there are times that wide receivers look, run past him and he looks seriously um, slow. My other issue is I don't think he's fluid enough to be a versatile player. I'm not sure you can put him in the slot. So you mentioned earlier on about a matchup league. I don't think Sydney's one of those corners you can move around. I think he's sort of strictly an outside cornerback. And I think you want him in press, which might be a trouble because Slay is going to often be in that position next year. So Sydney Jones is an interesting player. I think there is still, there's more talent there than I thought before I watched him. So before I watched him, I was pretty out on him. I'm not out on him. I don't think he's a starting cornerback. I don't know if you saw the same thing about this technique issue. I don't know what it is, but receivers just beat him downfield far too easily. And I think the Eagles have got fed up in recent years. And I think, thank goodness they have. They are bored of not having any big plays and they are bored of giving up big plays. And unfortunately, I think Razzle Douglas and Jalen Mills give up big plays. I think Sidney Jones has that tendency to give up too many big plays. I think that could be a reason why he's fallen out of favour. I just don't think the Eagles want to be that team anymore that gives up explosive plays. I think there's a whole fun fundamental shift going on with the Eagles where they want more explosive plays and they want to stop giving up them. And I think that might spell trouble uh, for Sidney Jones going forward. So I was super high on Sidney Jones coming out of the draft. I actually had him wrongly above Marshawn Lattimore, and that's obviously been proven completely wrong so far. But the Achilles injury has completely derailed his career that he suffered at his pro day. If you turn on his Washington tape, he was very good, and, and I, again, this is the Pac-12, though, so I argue that none of their wide receivers are going to get pressed in the Pac-12 right off the bat anyways. But he was good in man coverage in the in the Pac-12, uh, but he had the speed then. He has lost. If you, know, you can noticeably tell he has lost a step in speed since that Achilles injury at his pro day and showed in the NFL so far where the Eagles don't feel comfortable using him in man because of the speed deficiency issue. So they play him more in off coverage, which has completely destroyed his technique. Completely destroyed his technique. It's something he's not completely used to. So he's still readjusting. While he's readjusting to a new technique, he now has confidence issues. And when you add that to the equation, you get what Sidney Jones has shown you now. Because as a person that looks at staff counts as much as I do, I know you looked at that Dallas game in week 16, that pass break upon. Michael Gallup, and you saw that he was targeted only twice and barely played that whole entire game at all. So that's the thing with Sidney Jones is you might get that boom play from him, like what you said there. Because, again, the following week against the Giants, he was also very good. Again, this, this game mattered nothing to the Giants. They were just trying to ruin the Eagles' season, just whipping the ball around with Daniel Jones in his last game. But Sidney Jones played well. He just doesn't play a full starter snap count, so you never know what type of city Jones you can get. Because when you turn on that Minnesota Vikings game last year, he was awful, awful against Thielen. So, and then they, they took him off the field there because you could tell he wouldn't pick his head up. You could art you his body language is one of the worst I've seen 
from a cornerback. And that's why I'm worried he can't come back from these confidence issues because it's all mental for him now. His technique will get better because now you're getting all these reports that he's at the healthiest he's been at, which I'll take with a grain of salt. Because again, I'm, yeah, in the offseason, everyone's the healthiest they've been ever. Everyone. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I, I, we get way too much in these Eagles offseason things where these headlines where we're like, this is going to translate. This is going to translate. Like Jordan Matthews is catching tennis balls very well out of a machine. This is going to translate to the next season. He's not going to drop many passes. Uh, I can go on. Where we get into these workouts and we're like, woo! Like, once his training with Jalen Rieger and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside right now? So J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is going to break out now, apparently. I, I, I'm not getting into all these offseason workouts, but you could argue, yes, that Sidney Jones probably is at the most top shape that he's been since his NFL career started. And maybe that will translate more, but until these confidence issues start evaporating, until he like, until his, because you have to have the the mentality of okay, I got B ones, I need to forget that play and go into the next one, and that's what Jalen Mills does best. That's what Avante Maddox does best. That's what Derek Barnett does best. That's why these guys continue to start for the Eagles. Sidney Jones has visibly shown on the field he's not able to do that. That's why they keep pulling him off. He's falling out, falling out of favor with Jim Schwartz. He doesn't play full snap counts. Even that Dallas game, like I just said, he did not. He barely played that game at all. His only impact he brought to that game was when he sparingly played in the fourth quarter. Whatever he can give you at this point is an added bonus. I hope for the Eagles' sake he does pan out to be this cornerback too because I think he's the only guy on their roster with the potential to be that cornerback too for them. But at this point, I take you with a grain of salt. I'm not that optimistic about him. You're just hoping that Maybe he looks back how he ended last season and he takes that confidence and he rolls with it to the next season and he develops this memory loss where if he gets beat once, he can go ahead and play again. But again, like I said earlier, his technique issues are clearly from the Achilles injury. He hasn't had the same speed that he was used to having in college. Maybe this footwork thing that he did because he worked with that footwork athleticism guy on Twitter this offseason, so maybe he's been able to work his footwork in to play more zone concepts to be in a better technique to be in the zone concepts off coverage where he becomes a productive player. But he hasn't picked up – he hasn't had the the speed that he had at Washington ever since the Achilles injury, and I think that's why his NFL career has been so derailed, especially since he's been injured with hamstring injuries in the NFL as well. So, uh, again, he's just been completely knocked down. Health has been an issue which leads to confidence issues, which leads to technique breakdowns, which leads to getting beat like a drum, which leads to not playing much for the Eagles. That's the only thing that Sidney Jones' career has been so far. He has these spark plays like you and I keep mentioning. I'm hoping that it just rolls over into the next season. Maybe he has these confidence is soaring because of he broke up a pass against Michael Gallup. Uh, we'll see, but uh, I'm not very optimistic. But I, again, like I said, he's your best option at quarterback too long-term potential-wise. I just don't think it's going to happen, though. Yeah, he's got a chance next year. Not to, I'm not saying he'll be good, but he's definitely got a chance of playing time because there's going to be games where we don't want to put Maddox out there. And I guess we'll see whether they decide to run Jalen Mills out there or whether they decide to give Sidney Jones a shot. I would assume... Well, they can basically that- do what they just did last year, like where they, they would roll Sidney Jones out sparingly. Yeah. Like, I, I would expect that to happen again. 
Yeah, so you might see him get... I think for a cornerback, it is hard as well, that life. I must admit, I think one problem with cornerback is one of the positions you want to play consistent snaps. But it's like, well, you've got to be good enough to play consistent snaps from the first point, haven't you? And as you said, there was games, the, the um, game against the Vikings stood out. But I think, yeah, that's the biggest issue for me is, I think you... I mean, we always say this as well off air, but every single cornerback gets beat. So if you're going to be a cornerback and you're going to lose your head after getting beat once or twice, you're going to be in trouble. Because cornerbacks give up passes all the time. Go and watch Darius Slay match up with Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen will kill him at time but guess what Keenan Allen is unbelievably good and if you're in him with one-on-one coverage you're going to get beat ahead of a lot and um, that's sort of part of playing the position the thing that killed me is the deep plays I think the Eagles have given up so many explosive plays recently that they will not want to have a cornerback who has a huge issue giving up big plays so I think if Sidney Jones is going to have to do it I think he's going to have to as you said because I think when people talk speed as well you made the really good point that speed and technique go hand in hand. And we, we said this a lot when we talk about Barnett as well. Uh, just because City Jones can run fast doesn't mean he plays fast. Uh, we spoke a lot about this with Davian Taylor, where you've got to react fast to actually look fast on the field. So it could be that this year, Sidney Jones' Achilles is finally fully healed and he's as fast as he was, but that doesn't mean he's as fast as he was when he's actually playing the position because the technique's not good enough. Uh, you will look slow. And there were times last year where Sidney Jones looked really slow. And that's a concern because I don't think the Eagles want that anymore. But he, I'm not totally out. So before watching him, I was sort of out. Now I'm sort of... I can see the talent. I could see it a little bit more when I watched him. But if you had to ask me, do I think he'll be good enough to be a number two cornerback? I don't, in all honesty. I still think Maddox will start next year. And I think Maddox will give you the best chance um, just because I think he's a better athlete and I think he's proven that he is a better player. But um, as you've seen with Adams and stuff, I think good number two receivers will have their way with Maddox at times. So I think it will come down to Swartz a little bit to make sure. The good news is I think you're going to leave Slay out there by himself. So you might have to just make sure you roll the safety over to one side, uh, try and help out that number two cornerback as much as you can because having another one cornerback like Slay is so beneficial schematically. It opens up what you can do hugely. Um, so a lot will depend on Slay being as good as he has been recently, but I don't think there's any reason to think that he won't be. So I think a lot of what the Eagles do next year, as you mentioned, because they've got a good slot cornerback in Roby Coleman, because they've got a good outside cornerback in Slay, they're going to obviously try and help hide their second cornerback as much as they possibly can. So basically i what i want to add on that the other impact that darius slay brings to you though other than schematically is because like you said he's been beaten he darius slay knows how to be a successful corner in this league and the none of these guys have been able to have a mentor like that before either so i think when you have the impact like that where this guy could teach you like hey like okay you got beat this play you got to forget about it and go ahead and play the next play the next down this way uh maybe that helps a lot too maybe that brings more of an impact uh I know that you have Malcolm Jenkins lost. I know a lot of people are worried about like that his leadership being gone and what uh, what that that impact of him not being in the locker room does for them. But you subtraction by addition there because you get Darius Slay and you also get Marquis Manuel, who's known how who's playing in the NFL before in the secondary, so he knows what uh, is needed there. He was coached by Jim Schwartz as well in Detroit when he was a player for a year. Uh, very successful uh, play caller for the Falcons defense too. Uh, 2016, 2017, I think. But so you do lose Malcolm Jenkins' leadership. You do lose the leadership that he brings, the guy who plays every snap. But you gain Darius Slay, a guy, an experienced corner that none of these corners have been able to learn from before in their careers. And then you also get a DB coach 
who knows what it takes to uh, play in the NFL, who knows what it takes to play in Jim Schwartz's system, and who knows how to coach at the same time. So I think this is probably the best prospects that these guys have had uh, since entering the league. But again, I think if Monte Maddox starts, I think they will end up getting rid of Rizul Douglas. And you know how Rizul Douglas always found his way to get on the field? I think Sidney Jones will replace that role and always find his way to get on the field too as well. But when you're looking at the depth chart, you're looking at the starting lineups, it's going to be Maddox as cornerback number two. I have no doubt in my mind. Yep, I, th- I think I'm with you there. I think that's pretty much all i got to say on the cornerbacks. Last thing before we sign off. Uh, when was the last time the Eagles had a cornerback room this good? You're good with Eagles history because Slay is better than anyone they've had since, what, Samuel? So when would you say, I'm putting you on the spot here, I didn't ask you this off air, but my point is that cornerback is still a weakness on this team to an extent, but I don't think it's going to kill them the same way it has, I mean, last year. Last year, the cornerback position killed them. So when, I mean, I'm trying to think about recent years. They haven't had one this good for quite a while, have they? 2008, when they had Sante Samuel, Lito Shepard, Shiller Brown. Yeah. It's been that long. It's been that. And then 2009, because Sante Samuel, Shiller Brown were a legitimate duo that they could depend on. Then they ended up in 2010 getting rid of Sheldon Brown, and they have not had a solid two tandem since. And I don't, I argue they wouldn't this year either. They're hoping that, well, I mean, I guess if you want to count the nickel, because Nicole Ruby Coleman and Darius Slay are going to be your legitimate like corners this year, no matter what. They're going to have above uh, average uh, PFF grades, I guess you want to say, <laughs> whatever you want, coverage grades for PFF. Uh, for sure, uh, you're just hoping cornerback two with when you're playing Maddox and then Jones plays probably like what 250 something snaps next year, maybe 300 snaps. Uh, Maddox playing the majority of the rest. It's probably their best prospects, yeah, since then, honestly, because you would think that Nomi and DRC and Asante would be the best, but we all obviously know what happened then. That did not work out whatsoever. So it's been since 2008, Johnny, and we're in 2020 now. Yeah, that's that's my point. So it, although I would say the exact same thing since that Asante group, I didn't know the exact year. I guess you would because you're better at things like that than me. But the point is that I think the Eagles cornerbacks could get better. Clearly they could. There's, there's also a deficiency in the league in general. There are better wide receivers and there are cornerbacks quite significantly. We live in a passing league. You're going to give up plays. I don't think cornerbacks, unless they obviously gets hurt, um, are going to be the reason that the Eagles, if they are bad next year, for example, don't make the playoffs, I don't think you will blame the cornerbacks. I think there are other areas. Um, you could even make a case to be honest, defensive end has got more chance of derailing them if Graham was to go down in some ways. Um, but yeah, I think the cornerback is a hard position to get right. So I think for the most part, this is certainly, it's probably an average cornerback room now, which for the Eagles fans, it's been a long time since we've had a group that's been that good. So I don't think this will be the group that brings them down this year. So overall, I would take that. If you had told me last year that next year the cornerback room will be average to potentially above average, I would have taken that uh, every single day of the week because it's been a long time since I've had that. That's a bold statement to make that said that the Eagles cornerback room will not be their reason they don't make the playoffs next year because you would argue that their biggest weakness though over the past couple of years, everybody would say is their cornerback room. So if you're saying for one year, we can finally not say that is a pretty bold statement, I would argue. Yeah, we are also playing that Gary at linebacker though. So there are other areas <laughs> there are other areas on this team that are not perfect. I think for the most part though, it's a pretty good 
Uh, they're an okay group of cornerbacks. I think they've got enough upside. I think if Maddox will do a job at number two cornerback and he won't get killed every week, he will get beat by good number two receivers. I think that's fair. Um, but yeah, I don't think it will derail their season. And I'm assuming and that, that Slay will be very good. If Slay's not very good, then then all, all bets are off. But mm-hmm. I think Slay's got enough consistent uh, production that he will be fine. Over yeah, I'm not worried about Slay. Yeah, I'm not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Slay's going to flop. I think uh, his lack of, I think his down year per se, because it's not even really a down year in terms of Eagles cornerback play. They would love to, to have what he had last year. But his down year really went to, uh, the hamstring injury he suffered in week three, and he played through it. And I mean, a nagging hamstring injury and playing 104 press snaps is not going to help. So uh, a good mix of press and uh, off coverage this year, because Darius Slay is, is one of the best corners in the NFL to ever play zone. Uh, I, I've always thought that. He's been very articulate in off coverage. Uh, but he can play man coverage very well too as well. So, He's your jack-of-all-trades cornerback one. There's no way I see that flopping. And not only that, I mean, Jim Schwartz drafted him. So it's not like, again, that's the biggest thing about these corners going in, especially during an offseason with all these virtual camps and this pandemic, is you're getting two corners that already know the system. So they already know what Jim Schwartz expects of them coming into it, which is such a huge, huge advantage for the Eagles, especially considering all the new leadership and starting positions that they have going into the defense that there are two new corners they brought in already know the defense. You, you can't write up any better than that. There's no way I see a situation where Darius Slay is the next Namdi Asawa where you're asking him to completely change the type of corner he is with a lack of defensive coaching. That's not what the situation is now. Uh, there's no way I don't see this panning out. But all right, Johnny, anything else you got to add? Because we're running a little episode a little long now. <laughs> Uh, bring back Vinny Curry. I think that that's a long way to bring say. Bring back Vinny so, Curry. All right. Yeah. I, I, look, I would just to end it. I would want them to bring back Jason Peters before they bring back Vinny Curry, just because I'm so skittish about Andre Diller. But again, you're you're getting to the point now where you can re- evaluate both positions now and have the luxury of those guys still sitting on the free agent market. And if you need to bring them back, you can. Uh, my priority is Vinny Curry. Is uh, excuse me, is Jason Peters over Vinny Curry right now, though. Because I just don't think Andre Dillard's going to be ready. But hopefully he is. I know he's a first-round pick and everybody wants to see him play right away. But uh, I don't think anything's wrong with him starting next year either. Just my opinion. But, all right, signing off from the Eagles Brawl. Thank you guys for tuning in, however you tuned in. Please remember to keep up the five-star ratings and reviews. Uh, any questions for the show, just leave a review, ask any question, and we'll answer it on air if you guys need us to. So we'll continue the State of the Position series. We'll decide what we'll do next, but we just decided the defensive end and cornerback were the ones we should do because of Johnny's leading Green Nation, uh, Josh Sweat, Sidney Jones, Vontae Maddox film reviews. You can check those out at bleedinggreen.com. Great to have you guys on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Have a good one. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans achieve their home financing goals. Whatever freedom means to you, Freedom Mortgage has custom loan options to meet your needs, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, MLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333. Licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity. 
Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.